Welcome to Tomorrow's World. On today's program, I have a simple and direct question for you. Are you happy? I hope you are, but if not, why not? For many, happiness is elusive. Everyone wants to be happy, but millions are unable to find that state within them that we describe as happy. Why? Why are so many in our modern world unhappy? Do you realize, my friends, that there are causes for happiness? And there are definable reasons why people are unhappy. Knowing the causes of happiness and of unhappiness are all important. Most people have no understanding of these causes and attribute happiness to all the wrong causes. Many men think having an apartment, a car, and a wife will make them happy. Some women think a new dress or a new pair of shoes equals happiness. Happiness for a teenager may be a day at Disneyland or a new boyfriend or girlfriend. People who have these things may appear on the outside to be happy. They may even profess happiness. But many who appear happy to others deep down inside know something is missing. Happiness based on gaining and accumulating is a deception and illusion. Things can make us happy for a short time, but nothing that we can accumulate lasts forever. Whatever is new today becomes a normal after some time. As wise King Solomon put it, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. So what are the secrets to happiness? What is it that eludes so many? Wouldn't you like to know? Stay tuned. Welcome to all of you from those of us here at Tomorrow's World and the Living Church of God, which sponsors this program. Today I'm going to give you five secrets to happiness. But first, let me point out something that will never by itself bring lasting happiness. The old saying, money can't buy everything, is just as true today as it has ever been. And one thing it can't buy is happiness. The idea that you would be happier if only you had more money is a deception. King Solomon recorded in chapter 5, verse 10 of the book of Ecclesiastes, He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This also is vanity. Most of us give lip service to the statement that money can't buy happiness. But we live our lives as though we believe the opposite. 
that we would be happier if only we had a little bit more money. But the evidence is overwhelming. Study after study shows that if someone has enough money for the essentials of life, for food, clothing, and shelter, increased wealth does not translate into increased happiness. I often quote from a study reported by Steve Connor in The Independent of London. Indeed, although real incomes have surged dramatically in recent decades, happiness levels have remained largely flat within developed countries across time. One of the most intriguing explanations for this counterintuitive finding is that people often pour their increased wealth into pursuits that provide little in the way of lasting happiness, such as purchasing costly consumer goods. Since Chinese reforms, there has been a huge increase in wealth, both in the amount people have and in the number of people who have prospered. But the overall level of happiness has increased little. In fact, for many, depression has been the result. According to Maclean's magazine, it's been more than 30 years since Chinese leader Deng Xiaoping opened the country and the Communist Party embraced the mantra to get rich is glorious. In the decades since, hundreds of millions have been lifted out of poverty. The Chinese today are four times richer than they were 20 years ago. And people have opportunities and creature comforts unheard of a generation ago. But despite China's economic miracle, recent studies suggest Chinese aren't any happier than they were in the early 1990s. Money doesn't solve the fundamental problems that take away from our happiness. This is not to say that having money is of itself bad or that it is by nature evil. We all need a certain amount of it to maintain a reasonable level of existence. But that's where the problem comes in. How much is enough and what is a reasonable level of existence? This same McLean's article explains Chinese people's life satisfaction actually declined between 1990 and the mid-2000s, a period when gross domestic product and average consumption increased fourfold. On the surface, this makes no sense. But an understanding of human nature brings the problem into focus. Researchers at the University of Southern California speculate on the reason for this dissatisfaction. The report's authors argue that the main reason for China's stagnant life satisfaction is resentment of the haves by the have-nots. The boom times have disproportionately benefited the rich, and while average Chinese have grown wealthier in absolute terms, they feel relatively disadvantaged, especially since wealth is often flaunted in China through material possessions, from Ferraris to Gucci handbags to rare pets. One reason the Bible is set apart from all other works is that it deals with the truly important questions of life. It strips away the shallow and temporary and gives knowledge of the very purpose for our existence. It advises us on how to avoid getting caught up in the very things that rob us of happiness. The Apostle Paul gave this wise counsel to the younger Timothy and to all mankind ever since. Now godliness with contentment is great gain, 
For we brought nothing into this world, and as certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Having more money does not bring happiness, but learning to be content with the blessings one has does. Contentment is a great virtue. And how sad it is that we have such a difficult time learning that lesson. So if money and all that it can buy doesn't bring happiness, what does? Here are five secrets the Bible reveals bring happiness. Happiness secret number one is really know and trust the God of the Bible. Let me explain why this is the case. Most people go through life with no other goal than to be happy. They spend time and energy in the pursuit of it, and they no doubt have many moments that could be described as happy. But having fun is not the same as living in a state of happiness. A roller coaster ride is great fun, and even at my age, I enjoy the thrill of speed and the funny feeling you have in your stomach with the sudden acceleration of the first large drop of the coaster. But it only lasts a minute or two, and then it's back to the end of the line for the next trip. Have you ever observed people and how they are smiling and laughing when they get off? Then look at them when they stand in line under the hot sun for 45 minutes, waiting for the next big thrill. A roller coaster ride, fun? Yes. A happy life? No. The prophet Isaiah asks this thought-provoking question. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Yes, why do we put all of our efforts into pursuits that can never bring lasting happiness? Look around you and see what you see. You see a lot of unhappy people who are seeking happiness in all the wrong ways and in all the wrong places. You see people on a roller coaster ride of highs and lows, going from thrills and excitement to boredom and depression. You see people striving for more and more of what they already have, thinking that if they only had a little more, they would finally be happy. But if fame and fortune truly brings happiness, why do we have such high-profile suicides among the rich and famous? God counsels us in Isaiah 55, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear, and your soul shall live. It is God that we must come to know if we want to be filled with that which lasts. True happiness comes only from knowing and putting one's trust in the true God of the Bible, the God of creation. As Psalm 144, verse 15 explains, 
Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. And Psalm 146, verses 5 and 6 affirm, Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. But who is the God of the Bible? Is he the one pictured in Middle Age art? Is he a harsh, demanding God who wants to destroy us? The answer is no. John 4, verse 8 tells us that God is love. Consider this wonderful home he has given to us. As I have said before on Tomorrow's World, consider the beauty of mountains, lakes, rivers, and streams. Consider the joy of a small boy and his dog and a girl with her horse. Look at the wide variety of color of birds and fish. Look at the diversity of life found everywhere on this unique planet. And let's not forget ourselves. Mankind is the pinnacle of God's creation. He set us over the works of his hands and gave us a mind that can construct aircraft to carry us to the other side of the world in just a matter of hours. And 12 men have actually set foot on the moon and returned safely. When God finished the physical work of creation, he was able to stand back and evaluate his work. Notice what he told us in Genesis, the first chapter, and verse 31. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. The Bible is not talking about just any God in this passage. It is talking about the God of creation as described in this book, the Bible. How can you know this God? And can you know that you know him? According to the Bible, the answer is a resounding yes. And this brings us to our second secret to happiness. Listen to what Christ's apostle John has to say in 1 John, the second chapter, beginning in verse 3. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. If you would like to discover more about how this topic impacts your life, visit us online at www.lcgcanada.org to read our featured literature free of charge. As we have seen, happiness secret number one is really know and trust the God of the Bible. Happiness secret number two means that we must take this one step further. We must obey God and keep his commandments. In today's postmodern world, we have a generation that believes that all ideas are equal, but such foolishness doesn't hold water in the real world or in the Bible. Contrary to postmodern philosophy, the opinion of a teenager who drops out of school is not equal to that of a university graduate in aeronautical engineering. And Christ tells us there is objective spiritual truth, and the foundation of all moral truth is found in the Bible. As Jesus tells us in John the 17th chapter and verse 17, 
your word is truth. Now earlier I quoted from Psalm 146 beginning in verse 5. Let's read that again all the way through verse 7. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. Yes, the Lord gives freedom to the prisoners, but people often misunderstand the intent of the verse. While it is true that God will rescue His faithful ones who have been falsely accused, such as in the case of Daniel or Peter or Paul, the verse also refers to another kind of prison, the one we find ourselves in because of sin. The idea that happiness comes from living without any behavioral restraints is popular today. This is clearly seen in the sexual revolution where society has cast off all restraint. No longer do people think God has any authority over their lives. But what are the fruits? Is it not the opposite of freedom? Addiction to drugs is neither freedom nor happiness. Unwanted pregnancies and sexually transmitted diseases are cruel and sometimes deadly taskmasters. Unbridled materialism has not brought about the results many thought it would to China, India, and other emerging markets. People are making more money and have been lifted out of poverty, but as we saw earlier in this program, studies show the Chinese are no happier than they were 20 and 30 years ago. While they personally have more possessions, envy has robbed many of the happiness they seek. Everyone would do well to heed Proverbs 14:30. A sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. A truly happy person is not bothered if his neighbor has more than he has. He doesn't give in to envy, which is a form of coveting and a violation of God's 10th commandment, which says you shall not covet. Proverbs 29:18 tells us that it is not the casting off of restraint that brings happiness, but learning to live with proper restraints on thought and behavior that produces happiness. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. So our first two happiness secrets are, really know and trust the God of the Bible, and obey God and keep His commandments. Happiness secret number three is seek and apply godly wisdom. In my younger days, I attended an institution known as Ambassador College. There we were taught not only how to earn a living, but how to live. Our motto was recapture true values, and we had a statement chiseled into the stone siding of one building, the Word of God is a foundation of knowledge. The Word of God, the Bible, gives wisdom on how to live your life, what works and what doesn't. One thing that doesn't work in the long run is looking to our own understanding. Proverbs, the third chapter, beginning in verse 5, gives this wise advice. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Those who trust themselves, how they feel at the moment, pay a terrible price. Some contract lifelong and even deadly diseases. Others set themselves up for broken relationships and heartache. Then there are the difficult-to-measure consequences of damaging one's ability to properly love and be faithful to someone. And this doesn't even address the feelings of betrayal that others suffer because of another's unfaithfulness. But despite the heavy toll, somehow, as human beings, we think that we are the exception. Proverbs 3 tells us that godly wisdom is a source of happiness. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. She, meaning wisdom, is a tree of life to those who take hold of her, and happy are all who retain her. So happiness secret number three is seek and apply godly wisdom. Happiness secret number four is practice God's way of outgoing concern for others. We are constantly told to take care of number one, meaning think first about yourself. In the last half century, the Western world has been bombarded with the self-esteem mantra. We are told that little Johnny would be better off if only he had more self-esteem. But so far, all we've accomplished with this philosophy is to raise a generation of selfish and ungrateful children who grow up to be adults who act as children. The Bible in so many ways is counterintuitive. It teaches the opposite of what comes naturally. As it tells us in Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. This remarkable book tells us to stop promoting the self and consider others. As it says in Philippians, the second chapter, in verses 3 and 4, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. I've worked as a counselor for more than 40 years, and I've made this observation. The more a person is concerned about himself, the less happy he is. Self-absorbed people are unhappy people, but happiness comes to those who consider the needs of others. When the Apostle Paul was giving final instructions before his departure from the leaders of the church at Ephesus, he reminded them of the following found in Acts, the 20th chapter. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Learning to think of others is central to the Bible. That's the message Jesus Christ gave to those He is calling today. He instructed His disciples in Matthew, the 20th chapter, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you, but... Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. 
just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life a ransom for many. So far, we have looked at these happiness secrets. Really know and trust the God of the Bible. Obey God and keep His commandments. Seek and apply godly wisdom. Practice God's way of outgoing concern for others. Now let us consider this all-important happiness secret number five. Know God's plan for you. Think about this, my friends. Can you truly be happy if you don't know why you are here? For the man who only lives for today, there's a dark cloud on his horizon. All of our successes, all of our wealth, and all of our fame, no matter how great or small, will someday come to an end. We are reminded in Psalm 103, verses 15 and 16, how temporary we are. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. We all have a date with death. When we are young, it seems far off in the future. But with each passing year, we gradually realize the truth. Death is certain. It will happen to us, and it is coming sooner than we once imagined. Whatever excitement we may enjoy today is only temporary. Few people get off the merry-go-round of life long enough to discover why they are here, what the purpose for life is. Now, if you, my friends, would like to discover God's great and awesome purpose that He is working out for you, please go to our website, which will be shown momentarily, where you can read or download our booklet, Your Ultimate Destiny. This important booklet takes you through the Bible and shows you what God's plan is for mankind in general and for you as an individual. Thank you for joining us today on Tomorrow's World. We look forward to having you with us again next week at this same time and station. Until then, goodbye, friends. If you would like to discover more about how this topic impacts your life, visit us online at www.lcgcanada.org to read our featured literature free of charge. The preceding program has been produced by the Living Church of God.